Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 32, part one. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other for 30-odd years who get together most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to catch up and talk about everything the Bombers. It's a bye weekend for the Bombers this week, so we thought we'd do a double podcast weekend. This was not in my contract. (laughs) Whoever negotiated, we both work in procurement, so whoever negotiated that is a real bad. Um, this is going to be episode number one of two. We're going to release one today on a Saturday. Um, and then an extra bonus episode tomorrow, um, we're going to release one around the same time. So over the, the next couple of podcasts, we're going to do a review of each senior listed pl- Oh, by the way, hi, Scotty. Hello. <laughs> uh, we'll do a review of each senior listed player and an overall score of how we've gone, how we think they've gone this year. We're going to do a review of the coaching department, and we're going to finish off uh, with what we're hoping to see uh, in the second half of the season. We're also Scotty's going to give us this episode his top three moments that have sh- uh, that have shaped the first half of the season. But Scotty, how have you seen it so far? Hello, everyone, and yeah, thanks for the introduction, as always. Just a bit late, but that's okay. Uh, I think the season's been very, very interesting. We're going to talk, we're pretty much going to cover everything possible, including the VFL as well. So, you're not going to, hopefully you're not going to miss out on anything that's regarding the Essendon Football Club. We're going to be comprehensive (laughs) this weekend, absolutely. So, look... I just wanted to initially say there's been some obviously really good news with Dylan Clark and Marty Gleeson signing. Yep. Uh, really important signatures. Marty Gleeson was definitely one of the most improved players before he got injured. And um, don't, isn't it obvious how much we need him? Yeah, he, he was actually a very critical injury because uh, his intercept marking yep. was really crucial. And, and decision making down there. Yeah, so, and he's got a fair bit of run so he's a big important player for us interesting second half of the year when he's available to come back because it seems like that position now is is the most almost most competitive with you got Zerk Thatcher Francis oh you've got D you've got Saad you've got everybody it's a it's a very interesting dilemma a good dilemma the club has for me he walks in (laughs) <laughs> for Rap, me, he walks in. Yeah, yeah. and Rafford Dylan Clark. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's he's lit up the VFL this year. And so we're pretty happy pretty much all around, actually. Dylan Clark looks like he's really taking there. his game to the next level. Yeah. I still think, we'll talk about it a little bit more specific, but he's still got a, a little bit to go when it comes to possession um, disposals. Disposal under pressure. Yeah. So that, that, was, that would be the next evolution of Dylan Clark. But look, overall, it it's probably been more disappointing than than has to than be. good, Five and, and it has, seven, to be. It has to be. And, and and obviously, if you look at the history of our podcast, we've we've made some pretty doom and gloom kind of podcasts. Well, there was that one episode where everybody thought you were about to launch yourself <laughs> off the Westgate Bridge. So um, yeah, so look, the it's kind of like almost in sections, isn't it? So you have an unusual. Um, situation of beating a lot of good teams. So if you look at our wins, they're really me. good wins. Yeah, like really convincing. Um, and then you're losing to the Bulldogs and and a really bad game against Melbourne and Carlton is have only won one 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 game uh, for the first half of the year and it's us. That's and that, one of the worst <laughs> losses I, I've ever seen. It man. stings me that. Oh so, yeah. So look, there's there's been some horrific 
horrific sort of results as well. Yep. So five and seven, I don't think... Highs and lows. No way the club would accept five and seven. Um, I'm sure the fans don't accept it. Uh, So there's a a lot to go. Finals um, is definitely an, uh, an outside chance. And I think that's being realistic. So oh, yeah, we have to do somehow sneak a win. I think against West Coast this uh, this week. I agree. Uh, so we'll discuss later the my top three most impactful moments. Yep. Uh, I've sort of thought about this for quite some time. Uh, so I'll bring that up maybe right at the end of the show. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So look, let's go to a break initially. And after the break, we're going to do the AFL senior list and rank them out of 10, and we'll discuss how they're each going, and we're going to do a little bit at random. How this, we... is, this is going to be fun, I think, because we've, we've got... There's a lot of ups and a lot of downs on the on the the senior list, and I yep. think there's going to be some really. I'm going to be honest, and I know you will be too, yep. about how we see these guys and girls. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll come back from the break and we'll check that out. Exactly. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, the only podcast out there that says when we're going to go and have a break, Scott's wife comes in and gives us a Dutch biscuit. <laughs> Very old school uh, breaks here in the podcast. Absolutely. We've got a tasty little bicky. <laughs> cup of tea coming soon. A cup of teas on the next break, but we've got some tasty Dutch bickies and we're back onto the podcast. So, Scotty, who are we going to start off with on our review of the players? So, let's start with all the players. We're going to go a little bit random. So, I'm going to start with Cole Langford. Kyle Langford, love him a lot. So, finally, the boy has played five or six games, might even be, in a row. And I swear, go back half a dozen or a dozen um, episodes from us ago, and what do we say? Give the kid six weeks in a row and see what he can do to see if he earns a seventh week. And look, you even have James Heard yesterday saying that he still feels... He's the most young, talented youngster at the club. Yep. Now, I'm not sure I'm there yet. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, McGrath yeah. and a few others are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I still think his potential is really significant. And I still feel... What do you think I, he does well? What's his strengths? I, I still sense there's a bit of Joe Watson in Kyle Langford as far as late development. I'd agree like with that. Like Job's first two or three years... Was actually probably even worse, to be honest. But that was a very fitness base. But um, I still think those taller mids um, have have a, a, a later progression. Mm, and, and he is six three, legitimately six three. So I still think the upside is quite significant for Kyle. Remember too that we've we started him off as a forward. We moved him into the middle. He's played like one year and one year and a half and in and out, in and out of the seniors and that sort of yeah. stuff in the midfield because we want to train him to be a midfield a midfield player. So this is the first season where we've gone, all right, we've given you a full season in the in the reserves. You've got 30 touches a week every week. Now we want you to perform into the seniors. And I don't think he's doing too bad job. No, he's when he gets very, that consistency. Yeah. He's very solid. And, and we mentioned quite a few times that he does play probably 10 minutes less game time than the other mids. Um, he does spend a little bit more time on the bench. So you do have to take that into account with his stats sometimes. But he's still getting five or six tackles a game now, and that wasn't his game. Yeah. So he's now developing into a more pressure act. Um, 
player, his clearances are going up. Yep. So they're all the factors that I think are really pleasing. And I actually think his ball use the last month has been exceptional. And, so and, and sometimes that's, that's been a, a little bit of a knock. Not so much the ball use, but the decision-making on the ball use. That was going to be one of my questions. Um, any areas to improve, do we think? Still. Oh, look, for sure. There's, he's still got to find the ball a little bit more. Yeah, we uh, love that. But his progression now is a lot more solid. Still under real pressure. There's, he's just got to get a little bit better on decision-making. Uh, he can have a, a touch of panic and, yeah. and do the quick handball off. And like, I'm under pressure, now you're under pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's coming. I, I, I can really so. see that coming through um, better now. So... I'm so pleased with him. And you've got to remember the month before he got elevated, he was dominant in the VFL. Yep. And that's why I'm going to give him 7 out of 10. Because nice. I don't think actually he's done much wrong. He he's he had a quiet game against Fremantle in round two. And he had remember, he had a really good first game uh, against the Crows. So he had a quiet game got Fremantle, got dropped. Um, and that's where we obviously had our complaints <laughs> as a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he starred in the VFL and he's come in and played really well in the seniors. So I'm legitimately, I'll say that word, Got, legitimately. And, and in English, yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> I'm going to give him 7 out of 10 because I actually think he's had a really good year and some really good development. All right, cool. So I guess from my point of view, and we could we could talk about one player for ages and ages and ages. We, got to, we know we've got to get through this, otherwise <laughs> it's going to be an hour and a half podcast. But um, Kyle deserves it, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. for me, I'm, I'm you and I, Scotty, you know, we, we're going to be roughly saying the same thing about these players in that... I love the consistency in his game now. I sincerely hope the coaches are seeing that with continuity in the senior side, there's there's a player there. There is absolutely a player there. He's six foot three. He's he's bulked up. He's done everything he needs to have done in the VFL. He's a pinch hit forward. He, there is a lot of upside to Kyle Langford. Yeah. I, I frankly I don't see any. And I, maybe I understand why Hurdy um, said what Hurdy said is that I don't see much downside to the man because no. if he can stay in the seniors... He'll only get better. He's only going to get better. So I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'd go 7.5. I'd okay. go 7.5 in it leading into an 8. Fair call. And look, just so people know, we're only going to do half the list this podcast and the, the second half of the list in in the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. So before you're going, oh my goodness, I'm literally going to be here for two hours. No, no, no. We're Have no fear. Half. We're only going to do half and then half the next... So, look, again, going random, let's go to Andrew McGrath. Andy McGrath, the Canuck Australian. Definitely a year for him of growth on the fact that he's got more attention this year. So, he had a breakout first year and did everything perfect, pretty much. In the back line, yep. It's a big transition then to go into an AFL midfield where he's still learning the craft. Yep. Uh, so I've really felt that come through. I felt like he got hit pretty hard and got a, a touch of realism about how good AFL senior mids are in, other, in all yep. the other teams. So I think he's working through that. His last game, to me, was really positive. Um, I'm pretty sure he had something like 22 possessions, but he just started to run the ball, and, and the assistant coach, uh, Skipworth, his assistant coach, just noted that he's... Just before the game, he put the challenge out to Andrew to say, hey, you've really got to start taking on the game. That's what we got you at the club for. Exactly. And you're being a bit hesitant. And I think that was a a good response from him. So the second half of the year is a really important one for him because he's got to continue that. He can't be the shy boy anymore. And he can have a little bit of over-handballing. He's got to... 
Eventually, you've got to take some responsibility and say, you know, I can take on the game myself. Absolutely. I think he's, he's still got that backline mentality. He's a brilliant halfback flanker or back pocket yeah, player, right? Yeah, And part of that is to get the, get the handball away and, and get it to somebody that's open to make a better decision. And I understand. Andy McGrath, in his TAC um, videos and stuff that we watched, would would beat his defender and then quite literally burn them off in the first 15 to 20 metres, right? That that he hasn't done to date. He did it sometime yeah. in, in the back line, but I think he's like where Kyle Langford was yeah. 12 months ago in that we've asked him to do something completely different and the midfield craft and to be a proper midfielder is, pardon my French, bloody hard in the AFL, right? Yeah. So he's learning, 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 but I really did notice last week that you were right in what you were saying, that he's going to... That he, he got the ball yeah. and decided to do that Gavin Wanganeen rubber body thing and run away from players, and it worked. He just needs to understand when it's con- when it's convenient to do that and when he's also... Yeah. Um, he's got to get rid of the ball, uh, and, and I'm hoping Connor McKenna is listening to this at the same time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Andy McGrath, score out of uh, 10 for me. I'm going to go 5. Wow! Dude, that's harsh as. No, I don't think so. I think he's been quiet this year. Quiet, but, but is he... Dude, that's... Okay, man, I'm going to go a good solid seven again, <laughs> like seven and a half. That's pretty harsh, man. Well, I mean, to me, he was a, about a seven or eight last year, and I feel like I can't get confused but, with last week's game, because before that, he's been really, five, really quiet. Five, man, five yeah, he like was, he's made mistakes and stuff. He's a senior mid and was averaging, you know... He's not a, a lot senior of mid, he's a second year He's a second Well, he's a senior player. player, and he's playing midfield. I'm, I'm, I'm just told you. Five, no, hey, man. I'm, told you, I'm being realistic. i tell you what. Oof, Scotty, I'm going for it. Teeing off. All right, so, who have we got next? So, let's get to that. I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Yeah, my Canadian. I never did this one. Scotty's half Canadian as well, so you've just teed off on a fellow Canuck. And uh, anyway. We're hush on our own. Okay. We're Trump-like. Uh, so, Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt. Uh, Zerrett. So. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> so. He's an interesting one to do a score against because if he was Andrew McGrath, you'd probably give him a seven or eight. But he's not Andrew McGrath. Mm-hmm. He's a star. He's an, he's a, an all he's Australian a, midfielder. He's an A grade. Uh, so how do you judge that? Because let's be realistic. His first seven weeks, I'll say, was very non Zach Merritt like dealing mm. with the tag. There we go. Now then, is it his not his fault? Is it? Could he have done better with the tag, or have we, as a club, not helped the man out? It could be a bit of both. Nah, get off the fence, your splinters in your bum. <laughs> no, I actually, no, I honestly, Zach really struggled handling the tag. You got to learn to handle the tag yourself as well. Okay, but no doubt. Getting back to that question, but we can create blocking and yeah, create yeah. shepherding yeah, to get rid of you, and we can. We can shove the guys, his tagger's face in the dirt and say, and, no, and you're not going to tag him again. That's what I would have liked to have seen. Like I, For me and Zach, I think the same thing is that the man's an A-grader. Everybody knew he was an A-grader and they tagged the kid. I, somebody, Kyle Langford, if he wanted to get really in, in Zach's good books, should have leveled the bloke on him. There should have yeah. been something going on. Like, don't level him. I mean, I'm not saying level anybody, but... What I mean is they should have been in the face of the bloke tagging that Zach Merritt and supporting him a bit more. Yeah, and I think we're getting a little bit better at that. Well, uh, for the last, what, three weeks or so, he's been he's yeah. been getting those 30 oh, sessions again. Yeah, he's been a star the Hugely last. Hugely important so, player for us. Score out of 10? It's a very tough one. And I'm please understand, because, you know, 
How could you get Lamb for that and if, Zach Merritt this? If you, if you give Zach Merritt 5 out of 10, <laughs> I swear. I'm going to give him 6.5. Dude, Scotty's harsh today. Is it not? Well, I have to judge on how good they are now, how they're viewed, how mature they are. He's He, to me, is in our top three players at the club. He's had a quiet start of the year. The last three weeks, he's back to himself. So he went from 5 to 6.5. Oh, dude. Again, uh, Zachy Merritt. I love him to death. Even during the <laughs> even during the slow start to the season, he was trying his heart out. Didn't he have a niggle as well? Didn't he have a bit of a didn't he have a bit of an injury niggle at the oh, start he had of the concussion. year? Concussion. Remember he had the concussion. That's a that's a niggle. Um <laughs> That's a niggle and egg. Concussion. So mate, I I reckon I, I cut Zachy some some slack and the fact that I haven't seen many much blocking or anything going on from the club. So this kid's learning how to um, to do the tag a little bit better. Yeah. Again, man, I've got I've got a good solid seven and a half for Zachy. Oh, look, that's right. It's, it's, it, there'll be people uh, listening to this going, gee, I gave him eight. Or some people saying, gee, I gave him five. He you know what they'll be saying? Better. Gee, so. Scott's ridiculously harsh and giving him a <laughs> six and a half. That's what they'll be. No, that's cool. Look, we're... Open and honest. Yeah. And, and, and we'll honest. talk about this later. And I mentioned to this, to this before the podcast. Yep. I said, right now, our top five players, three of them are the traded in players. Yeah, I agree. No, and I, I said, agree. And we're five and seven. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm being very true to our win-loss record, to, to the potential of these players, to where they're at in their career. And that's how I'm ruling things. All right, cool. So next player... The big one, Aaron Francis. The biggie, the absolute. There's a superstar playing in the v, in the VFL. I, you know what? Firstly, let's just say it is incredibly cool to see Aaron Francis back playing footy. Yeah, for Essendon, for anybody to be quite frank, and the um, the challenges he's had um, coming to the club. It is really good to see that he's in a he's in a mental space where he feels he can play um, footy again. I hope it's re- he's really enjoying his time. Yeah. Um, because uh, that's all we ultimately want for Aaron. Um, and so, seeing the like last week's game, he took what eleven marks, five contested. He's really coming back to the Aaron Francis we thought we got. The most pleasing aspect of Aaron Francis is he's been in the top three players for five weeks in a row in the VFL. Absolutely. And that's a huge development. And like you said, it's a good point. I'm almost giving him a 6.5 or a 7. One for actually beating... Yeah, oh, mate. Uh, 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 I guess a mentor or... or I don't just know. Just the challenges, I don't know if you, mate. If you just it, call them the challenges. The challenges. Face, yeah. The face. To get over that, come back and play the footy he's playing in the VFL. And he's looking fitter. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. And he's actually taking it a little bit more serious as his fitness. He's running out the fourth quarters. So I'm going to give him a 6.5. Um, and it's odd for a guy that actually hasn't played seniors. Yeah. But I can guarantee you he will oh, man. after but, the mid-break. So. This is the thing. You, you watch him You watch him uh, play in VFL. I went up to Windy Hill and I had a look. And it's his marking across halfback. This club is absolutely screaming for it. They'll probably end up playing him forward. But, I mean, it's... He's an absolutely an AFL footballer, yeah. and he's starting to show people exactly what he can do now. I mean, he did it when we, he first came to the club. Um, he went away from footy for a while, so um, we'd, uh, we're we absolutely really looking forward to Aaron Francis coming back into the senior side. And, mate, I'll, I'll agree with you on a good solid 6.5. Yep. 
So let's move on to Orazio Fantasia. Orazio Another one. Look, had a... We'll probably be a little bit quick on this one because, look, he's he's had a lot of injury um, concerns this year. So it just hasn't been on the park. And when he's on the park, just either got over injury or just not quite right. The consistency factor again. Got over injury. Um, look, I'm going to give him a six because there's no really hero there. Uh, when he's played, he looked dangerous, um, but he hasn't been on the park as much as we would like. So there's, there's not really too much I can say. All I will say is he's an absolute star when fully fit. Absolutely. And I think from here on, with a week's break, with another level of fitness into his legs, we'll see the Fantasia we all know. And the, he's really important to the club. There's, there's a few players like Zach... And Orazio and um, uh, Hurls and those kind of guys, the, the obvious ones. But Orazio is really important to the club because yeah. he gives that incredible run. He so often gets open. He can relief through the midfield. He can go forward. Orazio is a massive um, part of the Essendon um, football club. Yeah. What was your score out of ten? Uh, I'll go. I'll go six. Really. For only for yeah for only the reason that he's played a lot injured yeah so but he still looked dangerous but I can imagine I think I've got that funny feeling I'm going to say eight in the second half of the year yeah that's actually really, I, I will say one thing, thing I've noticed about Arazio lately his ball handling and his when the ball's dribbling on the ground his pick up clean hand one grab mm-hmm. skill is I, is one of the elite in the AFL. I think that's how, when I was saying before he often gets open, I think that's why he gets open because he's so clean off the ground that when the ball's yeah. in dispute and he's got his hands on the ball, he picks it up so cleanly, he turns fumble, on the Jets yeah. Yeah. and is, is open for kicks and open for shots at goal. So I'm going to give him a 7. I'm um, giving okay. him a 7 out of 10. And like you said, I, I have no doubt that with the next five or six games in a row playing under Orazio, we're talking eight and a halves and nines. Yep. So look, we'll go... Unfortunately, it's a little bit sadder, this next one, is, is Josh Begley. No. Um, I'm not sure if I can even give him a score. I might just say no scorers yet. Yeah. Because um, what am I going to say? So, look, really shame for, for Beggs. Uh, obviously, a, a talented kid um, was showing signs. So, look, all I can hope is for that his rehab goes well and, and yeah. we can actually see a really fully fit Josh Begley storming it. Um, working, he'll work on a few things and all the other things around his upper body and everything like that. But he's a pretty well built kid anyway. But and, and that's the thing. I mean, the club, the club sees something in that kid because yeah. he was being picked just regularly, right before yeah. he did his knee. And there's something. Is he's the fridge? Is a bit. There's something about him. He's a big unit. And when he came to the club, man, he was as chubby as me, right? Yeah. And he went nuts. He went AFL fit nuts really quick. Yeah. So I think that the the team love his um, enthusiasm. They love the fact that he's got good attack on the ball. He knows where the goals are too, just quietly. Yeah. Um, great kick of a footy. But yeah, we can't really give the guy a score. Just on potential, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, mate, get better. Get out back out there in the to the far east. Get, um, get your bogan on and um, come back with a much stronger knee. So we'll go to another youngster coming through the ranks in Kobe Much. Who needs a haircut. Uh, so I don't know how honest I am here. Come on, man. Because I get put down for this but, come on. from close friends. And I don't really share this on social media. I'm not as big into Kobe Much as others are. Oh, there it is. There um, it is. I still think he has a way to go. That's okay. my... Uh, I'm just trying to work out what elite factor Kobe Much has. 
Like, the, but when do, you, does when, he have to have elite? That's the thing. Like, you go, oh, but I want him to be the next Zach Merritt. Nah. Is is he going to well, be a solid AFL midfielder? Like, does he have to have elite? My concern traits? is he's okay at kicking. He's okay at handballing. He's okay at running. So what does he do well? I'm not I, talking that's, elite, but that's what I mean. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, and I'm I'm being very honest. I, no, that's cool. I I think he has a great running and getting to open space capacity if yeah. if he has so he does get the ball a lot i don't think he hurts teams and i saw at there's plenty of potential there i'm not i'm not downgrading the kid at all uh i that's just me being very honest uh i have to kind of be honest i told myself i would on this podcast yeah absolutely uh i'm going to give him a five uh really because he he got into the seniors and got and got omitted, so he hasn't really come on as strong. He's had a few ob- obstacles with injuries, so yeah. I fully understand that. Uh, but there's not much else I can give him. Uh, I t- please don't take this as, as too negative because I definitely feel like there's a player coming through. I just think he has to work on quite a few things to get it more impactful. Like I, I feel like he needs to get a a, a bit more in depth kick. Where it's a bit more penetrating, yep. a, a, a little bit less floaty, um, and just have a bit more impact in the midfield where he can get some, I guess, more clearances. A uh, little bit plays on the outside, and I still think he has the potential to play quite inside and and be really good at that and being a a handball how, dispenser. How old is he? Like. 20s yeah like early 20s so if he's early 20s he's got a ways to go i mean he's i I think for kobe much i I don't mind him man i I don't mind him most people think i'm wrong so i I fully acknowledge no 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 that's cool man but i I don't mind him i mean i think he's like a thing if you if if you put him next to zach merritt and you put him next to andy mcgrath i don't think he's he's there yet right in talent wise but i think look we, we need those mid we need good mids coming through, and I think he's going to be a good mid. Kobe, prove us both wrong, mate. Go out there and average thirty possessions well, exactly, and win a brown yeah. uh, But trust me, my support for the kid is strong. Oh, absolutely, man. And like you said, we 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 need mids. We need good solid mids. And when he he didn't look out of place when he played that senior game. Um, I just we want to see your progression, yeah. mate. We're looking forward to your progression. Good solid sort of six. For me, good yep. solid six. Well done, Kobe. Um, keep it up, mate. You look like an AFL footballer. Hopefully, he can get add a little bit of um, muscle and aggression into his game. He has a big off season. I think. I think a different player can come through with a bit of muscle. And, and this is the thing: yeah, is that he's I, a bit light on. I think nowadays in the AFL midfield, even more so, and especially at Essendon, is that you don't. I don't think you can be a really skinny mid in the AFL yep. anymore. You got to have some guts and some muscles about you. So he's a kid. Bring him through. Good on you, Kobe. So I got five. Yep. What Beautiful. About I had about six for that one. Okay. Lawnberger. Where we at with Maddie? Maddie Lawnberger. Um. Oh, you can't man. really. Yeah. Um. He's actually does all right in the VFL, you know. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's man. He's a. He's, he's a, an all right ruckman, and it's. He's an incredible backup for us to have floating around playing bloody in Williamstown and Coburg. He, the man was used was a former number one draft pick. He said he wanted to leave Brizzy, and a lot of clubs would have given him a lot of senior AFL time. The thing I worry about, Louis, is that um, Bell Chambers is doing okay. He's obviously our number one Ruckman. I just yeah. wonder whether or not Louis realised that he was going to be our number two Ruckman for the majority of his time at Essendon, right? Or until Belly fell oh, over I'm or sure did something. he wasn't hoping to be. 
No, I'm sure. No, I'm sure he wasn't hoping to beat. But that's the thing. I only worry yeah. about uh, on the way he plays. Look, we, you know what you're going to get out of Louis. He's a great tap ruckman. He's quite mobile for his size. Um, he's reasonably good with the ball. I don't mind his boot. Um, he can take a mark in the forward line. I just think he's playing second field to, to yeah. Belly at the moment. So yeah. in the he, he's a genuinely good backup ruckman, and that's not oh, he's, that's not being insulting. You, name you, me a better one yeah. in the comp. He's a very, very good backup ruckman, and we're lucky to have him. I just mm. sincerely hope that we're paying the man well because yeah. for ha- to have him as a, as a backup to Belly, if yeah, heaven forbid, a knock on wood, um, Belly goes down, you've got a bloke that you just can rely on straight away. You don't need to worry about it being Sam Draper, yeah. and he gets he's not quite ready yet, and he gets into some trouble. You've got a bloke like Louis backing him up. So, mate. I'm, I'm g- going to be harsh on this one. Ah, gonna- oh, man, you harsh. This is the harsh <laughs> podcast, man. I'm going to give him four. Oh, <laughs> Scott. Because Bell Chambers has struggled sometimes this year and he still couldn't get into the team. So I have to say that the, the that's how the club is viewing him. That he just no, but we're, cannot we're get not, in. We're not interested in what the club's viewing him as. I want you to know what... I want you to tell well, us what his not, season has been done. Well, if, you're, if your number one ruckman is sometimes having weeks on struggling and your backup ruckman can't get in, it tells you what the backup ruckman's form's like. That's oh, okay. That's I'm keeping it. That's I'm just. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be hanging out for the <laughs> Facebook and Twitter posts that come at the end of this <laughs> podcast, mate. Um, all right, look. So four. I'm not with you on four, dude. He's he's the man. Solid. When he comes in, you're gonna get a solid. Again, five and a half to six. Half the to fact that he can't get in is because people they love Belly at the club. Belly's not doing too bad as a as a player. Um, Usually I'm the optimistic one. I know, right? You're teeing off this uh, thing, but I mean, you, you're right. It's hard to it's hard to judge properly because he's played so much VFL. But um, M- Maddie Lewenberger as a player is about as consistent as it gets. You know what you're yeah. going to get out of him. I think the best is behind Maddie Lewenberger, but he's a brilliant backup ruckman. And please, Maddie, um, wherever you're living in Melbourne, just stay because we're gonna we're gonna need you at some stage. All right, let's get on to the package. The package, the four and a half litres of cream, oh, no. as I call him. Um, <laughs> the cream on this Essendon team. Um, um, Jakey Stringer, what do you say? Well, <laughs> we did a podcast once where I thought, you know what? He could be he could be a person that could be dropped. He had about two or three weeks where he wasn't performing. Probably because of two. his talent, though. Because of his talent, he could and have been dropped. And he's severely changed that around. <laughs> Uh, he's now a really important player to this side. His last month has been exceptional. Um, his transition to play more midfield is actually paying off now. And has anybody noticed on? that, by the way? Mm-hmm. No one said anything. He was playing mm-hmm. forward pocket when the media was all over the um, the fact that he wasn't doing well on the mid. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he's sliding back through the mid again and doing okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> His numbers the last month have been fantastic, and they're midfield kind of numbers. But he's also leading our goal kicking. So I'm going to, and this sounds crazy because at one point I said, oh, he might be omitted this next week. But I wasn't impressed with the whole team at that stage, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give him an eight. Yeah, solid. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, Jakey Stringer is talented without doubt. But the way he's been running through the mid at the moment, yep. um, and giving it some sort of dusty forearms and and being that really aggressive mid, getting the ball out, like he's yep. he was he's got a heap of clearances at the moment, which is really important for us. I'm going a solid eight with you because he's yep. 
that man, like I said, he, when he gets his when he gets into his stride and he he's getting fitter by the day, um, the man is cream. He's going to just be the cream, the icing on the cake for this club. <laughs> you say cream one more time. I'm gonna <laughs> slap the living daylights out of you. Probably a smidge much, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, I love the bloke, and uh, yeah, Jakey, we, we love you to death. <laughs> hey, look, so let's get on to Mitch Brown. Mitch Brown, the mustache. Another, is a little bit Matty D-like, isn't it? Very role player, um, can swing ha- half forward, half back. Very, very ser- serviceable. Um, look, did okay against the Lions, and that's how I kind of feel like his year's been. It's been, he's played okay. Um, he's been performing well in the VFL. I've actually been quite okay with Mitch Brown's year so far, so I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. Mitch Brown, like you said, the model of just consistency. They love, clearly they love his, um, they love his, uh, his head. He makes good decisions. He knows how to play. You can swing him forward. You can swing him back. I bet you, excuse me, if we spoke to the club and all the AFL teams and, and players and coaches and stuff, they'd love someone like Mitch Brown because yeah. he's, He's reliable. You can chuck him on the uh, in the forward line. You can chuck him in the back line. He's another one that a bit like Louis. I hope we keep. Yeah. I hope we keep him at the club, so that we can have that option to chuck him back. If if Ridley goes out, then we can bring in Mitch Brown. We've got options for for the the team. I'm going to give Mitch Brown. Would you give him? I'm going to give him a six out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah. Look, I'll go with a six out of ten. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, we agreed. Listen, hey. hey. And on that note, a Dutch biscuit is calling me. I know a Dutch biscuit is calling me. We're going to take another break. Um, I'm going to eat the other Dutch bicky that um, Scott's wife brought in. Um, so we'll see you on the other side of this break. See you soon. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, the post-second Dutch Bicky break. Um, let's move on into the, the the next review. Who are we going to talk about? Travis Collier. Uh, again, I'm just going to not do a score because he hasn't played a game. Exactly He's right. only played a couple of VFL games. So, look, we'll, for the quickness of time, we'll just say, look, we can't give a score. Really hoping he, in the second half of the year he can have an impact and get... His legs running. Actually, I'm going to give him a three out of five just for his Japanese samurai style ponytail <laughs> and his guns at the moment. And his guns, the little the little fella's <laughs> looking real big. Anywho, Michael Hartley. Michael Hartley. Um. All right. So Michael Hartley uh, played first five or six games in the seniors, then got omitted, and then has really just sort of been buried in the VFL a little yeah, bit. I think the club the club see him as the ultimate. Little, we'll bring him in if and when required. I think he's he's not in the best twenty-two for the club. I think even Michael Hartley would know that. Um, someone like Jordan Ridley is now sort of probably past him. And he wasn't super bad in the seniors, by the way. No, no, no. But my, Michael Hartley is. And you've said this a couple of times. Michael Hartley is a known quantity. With Michael Hartley, you're going to get a stick with defender who has the Golden Fist Award. He's going to <laughs> pound the bejesus out of the ball every single time it comes anywhere yeah. near him. And that's cool, man. I, I, Michael Hartley's a bit of an old school defender. Yeah. And every now and then when you've got a, a more of an old school forward that potentially isn't wildly mobile, Michael Hartley's good. He's been a great player for this club. Um, another player that I sincerely hope that sticks around um, because he's just... He's very reliable. You know what you're going to get out of Michael. Yeah. And um, I'm going to give Michael... Mate, he hasn't done anything wrong when he was in the seniors. I'm going to give him a good six and a half. I'll go five. Okay. 
Um, I, and, I, and that's a little bit he, he, neither here or there, and that's kind of <coughs> how I feel for the year. Like, uh, he, he did get admitted. Um, uh, he's still got that part of his game when the ball hits the ground that he's just got to get better at. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not too much else I'm going to say. He's just got a lot of things still to work on. But we'll go, look, we're going to go on to a controversial one. Now then, and this, this one, one, this this one is, could get me fired from the yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. You and me uh, both on this one. Uh, Waller, or Anthony McNoddle, Tip and Woody. Tip and Woody. Now then, Waller, mate, you're getting a four. You're getting a four from me, right? Now ask me why. Okay, why, I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, you're getting a four from me, Waller, and that is because I hope that four is a large rocket for you, buddy. Because... You are wildly talented, wildly talented, like proper talented footballer. You are much better than the small amount of possessions that you're getting at this club. Last year, Waller was chasing everybody down. And like, I I swear, if we find out that Waller's had an injury all year, then I'll take everything I'm about to say back. But Waller's been too inconsistent um, at this club for the talent that he's got. We've tried him forward. We've tried him in the mids. He's kicked 12 goals from 12 games. He's a much better player than that, right? Like, he's a much, much better player than 12 goals, like a goal a game, right? So, Waller, I don't, I mean, way too talented. You're getting a four from me, mate, just because you're not doing enough um, with the talent that you've got. Yeah, I, I actually had the same figure. Yeah. So... And, and that's a little bit like Zach Merritt. It's like, how do I regard the player and his potential and the talent that he has? And we should be seeing a lot more from him. People will say our forward line's been dysfunctional and that hasn't helped him, and I actually agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I agree with that. But there still comes a point where he's got to find the ball. And and I have noticed in games, uh, Wusher has sung him into the midfield to try and get him into the game. And yeah, because when it, he touches it, he does good yeah, things with yeah, it. He's such a gifted player. And he's really struggling to have a ball-winning ability to his game where he just has a natural sense where the ball's going to go and, and he gets the ball. And that's a big improvement that he needs because he's still only averaging 12 or so possessions a game. Understand all the things around our team structures and all the things that have broken down. I still think there's at least four or five possessions short of what I see his potential. Absolutely agree. He kicked almost 40 goals last year. His, his halfway point is on 12. I was hoping he would be more around the 20 goal mark around this, around this time. So I'd have to give him a four as well, to be honest. And love the guy. Um... Do love his pressure acts. I'm not not denying that. I think they've been down a lot this year, but I yep. still love him. I felt like the last, again with the team in the last month, there's just something starting to trigger a little bit more. I thought he was really good against the Lions, and I'll be honest about that. So I'm hoping that's the the spark, and, and he's going to really approach the second half of the year. But he needs. I actually at one point thought he should be omitted to get, actually send him a bit of a message mm. that it's no games are gifted to anyone. Okay, it didn't happen. Uh, and now that he's getting a little bit more into form, maybe he doesn't need to anymore. But we'll move on to Col- our big ruckman, Tommy Bell Chambers. The after five operator, Tommy Bell. Um... I'm going to say solid. He had a he had a quiet two or three weeks. That's what I'm going to say. He got beaten by Tim English against yeah, the Yeah, he, he had that two or three weeks, with the whole, but the whole team was well uh, down. But, but over, he should, he overall... He should have ragdolled him, though. Overall, 
he's done better than I thought he would. So I'm actually going to give... I'm trying to think out of a 6.5 or 7. But I, I think I'm going to give him a 6.5. I think he's played okay. So... I was quite happy with his years so far, actually. He's been better with marking around the ground. That's been a, a slight improvement with him. And that's, I think, Tommy, that's a really good point you've just made. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him a seven as well because he's 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 toiled manfully. He's done the majority of the ruck work. Sean McKernan's been giving him a... Um, uh, has been giving him a chop out as of late. But Tommy Bell, I'd, I'd like to see him take a few more marks in the forward line. I think there's an opportunity for him. He's wildly talented at doing that. But around the grounds, he's been tap, his tap rucking has been incredible. Um, his mobility around the ground has been great. He always presents for a marking option. Um, Tommy Bell's our number one ranked ruckman. He's there for yeah. a reason, and that's why Louis hasn't been able to get into this game. At least, at least recently, our clearance numbers have been improving, and I think that's a little bit of with Tommy Bell as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what did you give him? Um, yeah, six and a half as well. Six and a half. Okay. Six and a half. Well, I mean, lean, leaning towards the seven, but six and a half will go with that. Here's a high number coming. Now you're talking. Devin Smith. Devin Smith, mate. Crichton medalist, you might as well engrave the thing now. The boy has 100 tackles. <laughs> I know, it's insane. That's in, 12, the, in 12 games. That is 30 more tackles than anybody else at the club. And talk about a bloke who should be, I'll tell you what, uh, GWS would want to be looking at this kid. When he said, oh, I'm a midfielder, GWS, they went, nah, nah, you're not. Just go down there and kick some goals. And I swear, this kid's a midfielder every day of the week. Yeah. Essendon would be in a really... No, let me rephrase that. Essendon would be in a worse position right now if we didn't have Devin Smith running through the middle and tackling literally everybody that comes within 10 feet of the man. Yep. He's he's a short guy, um, but his effort, his skill, he is a proper um, pushing towards yep. elite um, AFL midfielder. I love him to death. He's absolutely doing that number. He's wearing on his back proud. And um, I'm giving him a good eight and a half. Eight and a half for me for Devon for the year. I'm actually going going. I'm going to give him a nine. Yep. So he's done much wrong. Leads the club in tackles. Look, he's he's top four. Actually, you know what? I'm going nine as well. He's, yeah, he, he's top four in inside fifties. Top four, top three in clearances. He's done everything that possibly you would want from a from a guy coming in uh, to gain a reputation to new players. Exactly right. Especially wearing that number on his back. I mean, yeah, it's a big number. It's a huge number, man. Not that, not that he thinks he has to play well because he's got that number on his back, but I guess for, for a bloke that came in and when he was drafted, he would have, or drafted when we got him, um, he would have said, I want to play midfield, right? Yep. I want to play midfield. So the, the guys at the club would have said, all right, Tiger, show us what you can do in the midfield and tell me he hasn't shown us what he can do. So, his um, desperation, his one percenters are just unbelievable to watch week in, week out. His consistency is insane. Yeah, absolutely so, consistent week after week. I'd love to see yeah. where he sits in the top. Because he was leading the comp for tackles, wasn't he? Yeah, he still is. Yeah, still leading the comp in the tackles. Now, like I said, that for us is massive. That yeah. pressure in the midfield over the last few weeks where we've our midfield has been manic, it's been dominant, it's been tackling left and right, all the pressure is totally led by Devin Smith. So, yeah. well done, Devin. Congratulations, mate, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Bombers. <laughs> and I love your cheekiness, too. Yeah. Uh, look, Marty Gleeson will go on to next. Uh, obviously, it's a no score. He hasn't played a game. Uh, so, he'll, he'll, he'll rejoin the team, it looks like, probably, if I were to take a guess, about in a month. Yep. Um, probably Hugely five important. weeks. Hugely important Great player. player. For the club exceptional person yeah. one of the nicest people I think I've ever met let alone just Essendon yep uh, just I hope the kid comes back just as 
good as ever. I suspect it really realistically won't be till next year we'll see the real yeah. probably Marty Gleason. Yep. Such the nature of his injury, but just wish him all the best. Uh, look, so do we agree just a no score? Yeah, no score. He hasn't played, so I guess. Look, David Zaharakis. This is an interesting one because if you if you look at the stats, it's quite elite. Like he's gets the ball a heck of a lot of time. And I actually, Absolutely. Before he got injured, he was having a really good run, uh, and it was the key part to Zaharakis in the the two or three weeks before he got injured was he was starting to use the ball better. Uh, and this that was my knock on him almost the first seven weeks or so that I thought his ball use was really poor. Like, I'm being quite honest. Okay. Uh, I th- he was getting the ball a heck of a lot, but for some reason he was just over-bombing the ball, not looking for options. Um, so, but I still think he's been very good. Like, so I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, I, think, I think he's been... As far as ball will, ball will, ball, English dude, English ball winning ability. Okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> it, he's really improved that side. His running's really good. If he could just clean up the disposal with more consistency, he would have been probably been an eight or nine. Uh, but I'll I'll have to be honest and say I'd still want his disposal to be more consistent. So I'm going to give him a seven, but it looked like it was improving. All right, I'm going with an eight. Um, love Zaharakis. He is now officially one of our senior players and officially our senior mids. Um, he's gonna. There's going to be pictures of him on the wall at Essendon. He's going to be a one club player. <laughs> um, he's female con- <laughs> female change rooms. The female, probably for a certain female, we all know who that is. Um, My wife. And your wife, um, yeah, David Zarakis. You can't, um, you can't doubt his effort. You can't doubt his skill. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit leaner on the on the disposals with him, but he's been a consistent player over the, his entire career at the club. And especially when we need some help in the midfield, David Zarakis is always stepping up. Um, with sort of Darcy Parish maybe not taking as far a step as potentially we wanted to. David's been there. He's been a model of consistency. Yeah. Um, an 8 out of 10 for me. Fair enough. Your man, next. My man. Well, this is your man, sort of, more specifically. You were the, the one am. that put me onto him and said that this kid has something in this kid. Jordan Ridley. Uh, really exciting year so far for Jordan. Uh, I realise he got omitted recently, but I'm not too concerned about that. No, the, the, the young kids in their first games and stuff, they go in, they go out, just so they don't burn them out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I think with those first couple of games, we, we quickly saw the potential. Smooth um, as silk, that yeah. kid. So, I'm really wrapped for him. Uh, really, his main key is to get his body built up he's wafer thin yes wafer thin <laughs> so and that's what you want they're, they're, they're the kind of exciting players you go well that's going to happen naturally so I'm really excited for Jordan Ridley next year absolutely and, not, and he'll play more games this year yep. but I think another five if he can put another five six kilos then I think you will really see a player come through and I, I guess he, he won't be chucked out of the way as much but I mean the, the decision making from that kid I yeah. We've been around for a while. We, you, you look at players and you think this kid's got a brain already. He's calm. 
He's yeah. calm. His left foot, his right foot. I mean, his his disposals are elite. Like his yeah. kicking is brilliant. His balance actually is really At, impressive. That's exact. I was going to say that exact same thing. Is that when he turns, like you see him take marks, he turns. He looks balanced. He takes his two or three steps like you're supposed to as a as a defender looking for options to kick to. Hasn't put a foot wrong. Hasn't put a foot wrong. Yep. So let's get on to James Stewart. Now Ooh, then, that's going to be a hard now one. then, <laughs> yes, I like Jimmy. Right, I like him a lot. He has been a surprise packet for us. Jimmy Stewart I, again, GWS. I don't know what they thought they had with him by letting him go for two fifths of nothing. But um, Jimmy Stewart is a bloke that will present for you around centre half forward consistently. Yep. He was he was kicking one to two goals a game for a while there. Yep, but he ain't playing in the senior side at the moment, and I think. That's got a lot, a lot to do with the fact that we've seen Jimmy Stewart north of, or south of the midfield um, trying to... I don't yeah. know what the hell he's doing up there. So, Jimmy, we, I'm going to put this down and say Jimmy's a good solid seven and a half because he has performed well right up until now, right? Right up until now, his form's down a little bit. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say this is a form slump. Every, every AFL player goes through him. It's a bit of a form slump. So I'm going to give Jimmy a good seven and a half and say that he's in a bit of a form slump, he's going to come back and be better. Uh, I'm too nervous now to speak. I'm going to give him a five. Ooh, harsh. Uh, he's not playing in the side, and he has and he has too much potential to, for not to not be playing But that's playing one week, side. dude. You're talking about one week he's been dropped. What's, yep. he been do- what's he done in those six weeks previous, or however many weeks it is? Well, we're talking he's been... He's kicked 15 goals from 11 games, which See? is not... Yeah, well, but in, in a dysfunctional forward line... I don't, I don't say line. that as good, though. But. No, I understand. What's he, and I appreciate that. The, the whole club's down. But what he does do is he presents. He's an option for us. He's consistent. He hasn't been consistent recently, so he's been dropped. That's fine. I'm calling I'm calling form slump. Okay. Look, fair enough. Uh, look, my, my personal view is I got frustrated with the forwards, how they were structurally um, setting up. Agree. Disobeying the coach. Uh, and I just felt like he's been okay. And nearly every game I've gone, oh, he's okay. He's okay. And so I'm kind of giving him an okay mark. Uh, I don't feel like five is a fail or five is a pass. That's in my head anyway. Okay. Yeah, so it depends how, I guess, how you look at the numbers. But uh, that's how I'm going to go. He should be in that senior side. And I know form slump, but... With Danahar out, he needs to be in that senior yeah, side. We need we need him to show some leadership. And that's exactly right. If if this whole weird running up into the to the centre line Pagan's Paddock crap thing, that is no way the club's teaching that sort of stuff. So for Jimmy and Sean McKern and those guys doing that, I sincerely hope he's listened to the club by being dropped because he was in a bit of a form slump. But I pretty much can guarantee you that yeah. that dropping had to had to do with playing in the midfield. I hope he learns from it and I hope he comes back. And gives us the structure that our midfields need. When our midfield over the last three weeks has been has actually beaten the opposition. Yeah. So give him something to look for around fifty and inside fifty. Yep. And look, I actually give him a five. In my head, I really rate him highly. So I, I'm doing it a little so bit too on how I actually rate. I think he's got really good hands, really good second efforts. He's a good kick for goal. He's big so enough. I want him to break through. Like so, we've got to move on. So. Yep. We'll do our last player for this 
podcast, which yep. is Jackson Merritt. We'll finish on a bang. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Oh, look, Mate. what can you do with Jackson Merritt? He's obviously had some good games in the VFL. He's a very good VFL player, and that's how I kind of rate him. Yeah, unfortunately for Jackson, I, I'd, he's been around the club for a long time now, and he can't break into the seniors. And when he does, even if he's given two weeks in a row, and I know we talk about the Lamforts and that, but I feel like he's a little bit older and a bit more mature, he's got to have a bigger impact. I agree. And he's... he's his kicking is outstanding. He's he's AFL fit. I actually bumped into him at the Mooney Ponds, uh, Woolly Pond, uh, at Woolworths <laughs> a couple of days ago, um, and he's man. He looks ridiculously fit. He's big enough. He's he's talented. He he gets thirty five and kicks four in the in the VFL. And you think, yeah. wow, there's a player there. We could have him leading out of a forward pocket or something like that, or put him on a half forward flank. He's always, but he goes yeah. missing. To me, Jackson's. Since he's come to the club, I've always thought one thing. His decision-making has always been his issue. And I'm not sure I've ever seen it majorly improve enough to be a solid senior player. I have to give him a 3.5. Yeah, I'm going to go four. I'd Man, Jackson, come out and just be, a, be an AFL player. Seriously, man, we want you in this side. But I, I can't select you at the yeah. moment. Well, that kind of wraps it up for the first half uh, podcast. Look, we're going to go to a really, really quick break. Yep. And I'll come back with my final three um, top moments of the first of the half year. this year. And then we'll close it off. So we've only got about five minutes to go. Yep. See you soon. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. So we've gone through half the list so far. Um, we're going to do, like I said, we're going to do half the list this this podcast and then the special double edition weekend, we're going to do the other half of the list um, tomorrow on the podcast. Um, but now we get to the point in the podcast where Scotty's going to give us what he thinks is his top three most impactful or memorable moments from the season so far. What do you reckon, Scotty? So how I've approached this is three themes that have come through in the first half of the year. Themes, I like that. Yeah, well done. Whether good or bad. So I'm going to start off probably with the, the little less negative. Sorry, the more negative. So team structures has been a big theme for me in the first half. How, and we've talked about it at length, so sorry if it gets nauseating, but the way our forwards are structured, uh, the way our defenders uh, are kicking sideways, everything like that. So how we're structured all over the field was probably a dominant theme. And who knows how much you put on to the coaching group or onto the players. I think there's maybe a little bit of 50-50 that probably would have a, a review I, yeah, right I, now. I, I'd agree, yep. Uh, because there's no doubt we had some action you know, with Mark Neilwood and everything like that. There's obviously the club didn't accept where things were going in, in many areas. So there was action taking place. So look, team structures breaking down was a big theme. Understanding of the last month, it's improved a lot. I'm going to go with a problem that this club has had since probably 2003. And it's very frustrating to talk about it this again. And this is inconsistency in performance against good sides and bad sides. And it's plagued this club for way too long. Oh, years. Uh and we're all kind of a little bit over it, to be honest. 
we have these great momentous wins over top eight teams and we just do not show up against bottom teams. In Carlton. And so that, again, has reared its ugly head. Uh, not much more I'm going to put onto that. We all know the issue. We're all frustrated. Hoping winning the through the last four, something is clicking. But I want us to see how we approach the Perth game. If, if win or loss, I want to see how we approach it. Yep. The positive is the youth impact. And that's a big positive. We've really found some players. Matt Guelphy, uh Out of nowhere. Yeah. Ridley. The the growth of McGrath. Exactly. So all the all these little aspects. Langford. Coming through. We have found some players. Uh, with Francis coming through as well. And Dylan Clark showing yep. some really good form. I think... Could be much getting the game. Yeah, we can see enough that there's some real good ha- things happening. And they've actually... The word impact I wanted to use because that's what they've had. It, they haven't. They're not just in there looking okay, and they're just on the outside. Like Matt Guelph, he's a tough little player. Well, the uh, is, it, yeah. He does his one percenters and tackles, smothers. He can be my wingman yeah. anytime. Uh, so Langford's giving us clearances, all those kind of things. Uh, really looks beyond his years. Looks really calm with the ball. So they're really big positives, and that's what I kind of want to leave us with. I won't go too much longer. We've almost gone an hour. Let's... I know. This was not supposed to be an hour-long podcast. <laughs> this was meant to be about 35 minutes. <laughs> but we've got the gift of the gab. But Absolutely. we realised. So, look, we hope you enjoyed that first half of you. Uh, we'll see you soon tomorrow when we're going to discuss the second half of the group. And yep. we'll just do a bit of a wrap-up of the club and the VFL as well. Where can they find us, Scotty? They can find us at SoundCloud and iTunes. Hey, thanks for all the people who've been subscribing. Our subscriptions have gone up big time. Yep. We've been getting really nice reviews. Definitely, if I can encourage anything, subscribe to any of those channels if you listen to Android or um, what's yep. the other one? Apple platform, what, yep. iOS? iTunes. So, uh, yeah, subscribe. The, the show comes automatically. Thanks for all the comments. We've got a lovely comment from Guy in New York saying he loves the show. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, um, um, you can check us out on our Facebook page as well, um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up um, podcast on Facebook. That's the best place. I think it's a private um, site at the moment. We might yep. be opening that. But, um, yeah, get get through Scotty's Twitter. You can find him on Twitter as well, and we can get um, you can become a part of that group. Um, but we, we really appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you're enjoying the, the content that we've got. And hope you enjoy our double episode weekend. So um, we'll wrap it up with there, yep. and uh, we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. See you in 24 hours, everyone. <laughs>